This is probably the most chaotic, hectic period I can imagine of your tenure here in Lebanon, where the story is not really about Lebanon, it's about home, and you're willing to reflect a bit on what's happening. So for me, first and foremost, it's an honor. I can't but implicate some parallel into the story. It's not the same story, it's not the same tragedy. But there seems to be a security problem that this part of the world faces, and now Ukraine is facing it in a very, very vicious and, and brutal sense. I can't help but feel a bit emotional because it reminds me of my own experience in Lebanon. Now, I'm going to start here, and I want to ask you, in the last six years of your, of your stay in this part of the world, in Lebanon, does that resonate with you at all? Do you feel that there's some kinship in this tragedy? Or am I being a bit too romantic and trying to find commonality in the story? We never expected such scenario in our history, in our modern history in the 21st uh, century. It's unbelievable. And when I uh, arrived to Lebanon, I was shocked by very uh, tragic pages of Lebanese, Lebanese history, civil war, uh, a lot of blood, uh, shelling, bombing, destroying infrastructure, etc., etc. And uh, uh, now I can uh, a bit understand, a bit understand why Lebanese. Uh, now, uh, Lebanese gover government, especially, uh, supported Ukraine in this uh, situation. You know that uh, Lebanon, first among uh, Arab countries yes. in the Arab world, first one uh, uh, made made this fantastic statement to condemn uh, the the Russian aggression. I think the word invasion was used. Implicitly, it was almost an assertion that this is an invasion. Yes. You cannot call it anything else. And uh, yes, I've discovered that it's really uh, this statement is written by blood of Lebanese. Mm. It means that they really suffered from such situation. I can now compare Beirut to Kiev. You know this yeah. shelling, bombing when people uh, live uh, underground. My, uh, in bunkers, in metro, in, it's unbelievable. My uh, mother-in-law, Alena, she is a fantastic woman. She is 84. She is a writer. And uh, you cannot imagine. She, uh, uh, when she was a young uh, girl, uh, she, uh, she remembered uh, very well how it was during the Nazis' uh, in, invasion yes. in 1941, 1942, 1943, mm -hmm. because it's, there is a very serious parallel. Nazis' German, German uh, army uh, invaded uh, Kyiv, started this uh, war with bombing Kyiv, 4 o'clock in the morning, right. the same situation yeah. like, like this time. And she uh, now lives uh, underground and she told me that it's second time in my life wow um, i i see such bombing and such such uh, destruction around and uh, and she tell me told me only one very important sentence phrase these guys have no mothers 
Right. Maybe have no children, etc., etc. It's really uh, horror. It's uh, unbelievable tragedy uh, when uh, this world now is uh, flourishing with uh, technologies, etc. Et but uh, and uh, you uh, have the situation when the history repeated in Kiev second time. I appreciate the long view and the story. And very easily you're able to reflect on your own mother-in-law's recent memory. This is not ancient history. This is 60, 70 years ago. I'm curious if you are seeing a familiarity in at least, let's say, the last 15 to 20 years. And I'm narrowing it down a bit to the Lebanese context. I remember vividly late 2004, early 2005. Ukraine was alive. The protest movement, the Orange Movement, I think it swept international news, but I think it also had resonated among many that were seen to dislodge themselves from a problem bigger than their own. Mm -hmm. And of course, I mean, it's easy to forget now that the Free Patriotic Movement chose the color orange for that reason. So that's not that long ago that Lebanon even was looking to Ukraine and its colors at least, and its, and its vigor. 2014 is the more recent, more recent example of a country that stands up and these Maidan protests, and it shakes itself off of a problem that's once again bigger than Ukraine. This time around in Lebanon, maybe it's not the same exact story, but it's still trying to, trying to unravel a system that is bad for locals in October 2019. I can't help but witness, on my own terms, a familiarity where a country has the aspirations, it wants to move forward, and it's punished for doing so. And I know that, obviously, Iran, Syria, Lebanon, Russia and Ukraine, it's not the same story. It's not the same security sphere. But I really sense that there is a familiarity and at least the inability to do more. And then at the same time, a lot is done at home. So is there anything there that resonates with you, just in terms of trying and yet unable because of that larger problem? You know, you mentioned, uh, you started from Orange Revolution. Yes. I'm surprised because, you know, it was my feeling that um, this war started in 2004. Mm. It was first battle of this war. Mm. And Putin lost because uh, he tried to put on the place pro-Russian President Yanukovych. Right. But uh, it was uh, massive fraud etc. They tried to calculate like Stalin calculated in history and Ukrainian people said no. And it was a unique orange revolution and it was also a revolution against Russian, Russia and Putin. And it was, he was yes. really first battle. Mm. Uh, Putin hates Ukraine. It's like, you know, uh, it's uh, you can see it in uh, you can hear his voice when he's talking about Ukrainian language. No language. It's one language. No Ukrainian nation. It's one uh, one nation. 
no state, it's failed state, etc. It started 2004, and you mentioned then 2014, it was second battle. Right. Second battle, and Putin again lost a, a, a second Maidan, we called it Maidan of Dignity or Euro, European Maidan. Yes. It was exactly about uh, the European uh, aspiration of Ukraine. Ukraine decided to sign the association agreement in Vilnius. Yes. But Putin said, no, I'll give you $3 billion of credit to Yanukovych, and then you will uh, stop this process. And it was the price. You cannot imagine price for Ukrainian liberty, for Ukrainian dignity, and for Ukrainian uh, uh, choice uh, Mm. or right to choose. Yes. And it was $3 billion. Uh, Putin saw that it's very easy to to buy uh, this, uh, to buy Yanukovych or to buy even Ukraine. And it was second battle. And then Putin understood, yes, has understood that, and uh, understands that there is no chance uh, to change the situation. And Crimea first, it was third battle, but in this case it was annexation. It was very serious. A knock and very serious bell uh, for for Ukraine, but it means this war, this particular war, started in 2014, eight years mm. of war. It's only maybe I can say it hard face uh, this invasion, real full scale yes. invasion. It's uh, it's a new, uh, but uh, the beginning was 2014, and we lost for this time. Now it's almost 18,000 uh, killed Ukrainians. 18,000 Ukrainians have died already in the last two weeks? The last in, two no, no, in the last eight years. In the last eight years, yes, sorry, yes, yes from Crimea yes, on. Yes, yes, last week. But this, this way years. of looking back and seeing where the roots are, and I think it's almost symbolic that it was just yesterday, it's actually less than 24 hours, the special tribunal for Lebanon went back a bit and revised, or let's say, looked at an appeal and then issued a renewed verdict, where you now have two additional names and the assassination of Rafiq Hariri and those attempted and successful ones, 2004 to 2005. And this is happening in 2022. I think Lebanon was equally punished for pursuing a path that would actually condemn and potentially arrest criminals involved in political crimes. And I think the aspirations of people on the street here is to try to get out of that permanent nightmare. In the last two to three weeks, I've seen something that I think everyone who's paying attention, I think to different degrees, feels the same way. A country that is punished for no justified reason. And a very brave and dignified people refusing to bow down. And within that story, millions of brave Ukrainians, it's rare to see something like Volodymyr Zelensky, who's perhaps a more unusual leader in good times and bad times. He's shining and he's shining bright. And I think, in the long run, it's this kind of leadership 
that is so electric and so infectious, people will look back and see you don't have to bow down. And if you're going to lose, you're going to lose with glory. I want to reflect on your side, having seen what's happening from here. Do you think of this as a lost battle? Not a lost cause, but a lost battle. And the reason I'm being a bit bleak here is because the Lebanon that both of us have seen the last few years, uh, it's been on a downward spiral. And I can't imagine this country in the short and medium term entering a better phase. I see a very bleak situation. Do you sense something similar happening in Ukraine that despite all efforts, there isn't much more that can be done? And I'm going to maybe hint at the deep reluctance to have a no-fly zone, uh, the reluctance to even have these jets being potentially offered from Poland to Ukraine, that there's sanctions, there's world hysteria, but there isn't much more that can be done to curtail what Putin is doing in Ukraine. And I hope I'm asking this in a fair way, without sounding too negative or too condescending, more that it's a fait accompli. Lebanon couldn't, and perhaps Ukraine cannot. Yes, you mentioned about this parallels of Lebanese and Ukrainian history. Uh, take a look. We are talking about three attempts to kill Zelensky. Mm. You mentioned Haris nation, yes, yes, and it was very tragic page in Lebanese history. Uh, but uh, really, Zelensky is very brave man. You're right. Yeah. He is now a real hero. And uh, sometimes I can hear even that he is now a leader of new free world. Yes, I can yeah. say. it's online. It's yes, social media. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, just to compare these uh, uh, two presidents, one is 22 years old, uh, 22 years in power, yes? In Russia, yes. Started right. from 2000. Yeah. Uh, in Ukraine, uh, for the last 30 years, we had six presidents. This is yeah. freely elected, democratically, democratically yes. elected president. And this is the difference. Why one more uh, also, uh, I can say, uh, problems because Putin doesn't like uh, as a neighbor neighbors neighboring country democratic open with uh, very strong civil society yeah. for him it's a real threat because he tries to be uh, he is a, a picture of uh, authoritarian, authoritarian leader yes it's uh, it's unbelievable and uh, now we can see this zombie Civil society, oh my oh, god. That, that's when we know we're in Lebanon, right? Yes, that's, yes. No, we can keep talking. It actually fits okay, the mood. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, it's a, it's a difference. Mm -hmm. And it is why they try to kill Zelensky like, like it was in, in Lebanon. You know, um, yes, you mentioned about uh, sky, uh, closed sky. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, you know... Uh, I can tell you that uh, nobody expected such strong Ukrainian uh, army, yeah. such, such strong defend, defense and such heroic Ukrainian guys, Ukrainian soldiers, because they really fighting for, the, for freedom, first of all, for families, for Ukrainian history, even for history, because Putin tries to to steal Ukrainian history even. It's, it's also one of more uh, Putin's arguments. 
and uh, yes, uh, we stopped Russian army because we are motivated and uh, uh, Russian army uh, is now very weak. Mm. Despite that it is the second largest and strongest army in the world, yes, there is no any, any more myth about uh, so-called strong Russian army. And uh, of course it will, have, it will, it will be an impact on, on Syria and other regions like Moldova, Georgia, because uh, Ukraine is uh, like in, on the list of many, many countries. You mentioned uh, Syria, you mentioned... We, men, uh, we can also mention Libya, for example. Yes, yes. Yeah. But it's Moldova, first of all, then Georgia, uh, Abkhazia and Ossetia, then Ukraine, and uh, even Kazakhstan. You know, yeah. it's unreal because um, I mentioned, I, I told uh, Lebanese people, you know, imagine that you are protesting against uh, prices uh, for fuel. Like it's very high prices, and mm. we each, each and every day we are protesting. And then uh, your neighboring country decided to invade you because of this protest. And Putin did it. Yes. Only yeah. the, the reason was the high prices yeah. for, for fuel. And it means that, yes, we need this uh, close uh, skies, sky because it's only one very weak. Uh, element of our defense and uh, I started uh, to our uh, uh, conversation with John Lennon yes all we need <laughs> is sky it's close sky yes it's really very important for us and uh, I, I, I'm only interrupting yes. you with uh, with uh, just I'll, I'll try to justify this interruption the love that yes. John Lennon speaks of and I think the the no-fly zone uh, appeal and the, the sincere appeal from not just Zelensky, but I think many people have come to terms with it, that you can't really alter the scenario otherwise. If we assume that it won't happen, do you predict a paralysis in Ukraine that could be long and very costly? akin to what has happened to this country. And I'll offer just one more analogy, and I'm sorry I interrupted, but we had a Lebanese president in 1989 killed as the Syrians entered and invaded, later occupied. Our current president at that time was an anti-Syrian general in the Lebanese army. He fled the palace and left Lebanon for 15 years. And Syria's role in Lebanon doesn't start in 1989, but it solidifies itself. And it becomes a very long generational chapter of Lebanese trying to, trying to deal with a security problem. I see something similar happening where it's not a clear defeat for Putin or for that matter a clear victory. That it's a paralysis that bad actors become central to. And is, th is there anything there that even if Zelensky survives this round, even if the Ukrainian regime maintains itself, Ukraine has now become one of Putin's conflict zones that he can, in a way, use for his own survivability. Mm -hmm. And I'm being, I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit too far-fetched here, but I don't see good news happening. I understand you. You know, uh, 
it looks like each and every day now is in favor of Ukraine. Hmm. With, uh, with each and every day Ukraine becomes stronger because of Russia becomes much weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? First of all, Russia now fights against, tries to uh, invade uh, the whole Ukraine, but in some time, in some days, it will be second front. Russia will fight against, Putin will fight mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. Russia, mm-hmm. because he already killed 12,000 young men. Yes. It's his responsibility. It, it, this blood is on his hands, and still, Russia doesn't know about it. Mm. There is blackout very, almost. N- yes, yeah. You, yeah. you know, no information. He closed Dorsht uh, Echo Moscow. He closed No Время. It means uh, it's like uh, Russia is now uh, in. Uh, 16th century, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, it's, maybe it's not so good parallel. At least an information. Yes. The, there's yes. an information but, black but, but you know, uh, uh, it will be second front, second like in, in the history. Uh, it, it's it's first moment, uh, which is uh, very important. Secondly, uh, Ukraine now is so strong, especially consolidated with mm. all regions, all small and big cities. And this energy is anonymous. It's it's fantastic. It looks like Ukrainians are able uh, not only to fight but uh, to make this recon- uh, reconstruction in very very short time. And I know that it will be fantastic support from uh, countries etc. etc. from Europe, from United States, Canada etc. Uh, but it uh, it's like my my I, I see it because it's now it's unique uh, consolidated country. Mm-hmm. Concerning this uh, o- o- close sky, there is uh, I'm a bit diplomat and there is maybe one more scenario uh, which is like uh, first step towards this uh, close skies. Uh, it's. Uh, Power, uh, nuclear power plants. We should close uh, uh, sky at least around four uh, power plants in Ukraine, and it will be uh, substantial, very substantial support for. These are for the Ukraine. nuclear power plants, yes. I assume. This may be a mute detail here, but is it that two of them have already been taken over? Is yes, that, is that correct? It's correct. It's Chernobyl, right? Yeah. And it's uh, Zaporizhia. By the way, I was shocked—not uh, shocked, I was surprised—with your uh, article about uh, you mentioned Chernobyl. Yes. You know, you know, uh, it's also uh, Chernobyl. It's like Ukrainian symbol, mm-hmm. but even not Ukrainian. Uh, it's about freedom, mm-hmm. freedom of expression. Why? Why Soviet Union was uh, dissoluted actually? Why? 1991. Because of 1986 Chernobyl. And yes. yeah. Ukrainians, and no, no, not only Ukrainians, Russians, Belarusian, they discovered that communist leadership is lying. Mm-hmm. Each and every day is lying. Everything is okay, don't worry, we can go. Uh, to for parade first uh, of May, uh, etc. Yeah. And it was so horrible lie, and people uh, said 
no more. Uh, by the way, you mentioned also uh, Beirut blast, yes. and it's uh, now it's about Lebanese. Lebanese want to know what happened yeah. in seaport, why it uh, actually was possible, etc., etc. It's it's normal, and uh, it was uh, attempt. It actually this dissolution was uh, started in Chernobyl, yes. and now I'm sure. It's about Putin and his uh, his Russia. When people, it will be second Chernobyl for Putin, and uh, it means that uh, it will be, I can say, it can be. I'm not sure, but it can be second revolution. Uh, I mean, uh, it can be very strong protest, but it will be Chernobyl for uh, Putin. I actually, you know, the 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 way it, it's laid out as in. He is doing many things that are familiar in the 1980s, where there's a security sphere uh, that is largely unstable, and you slip and you make mistakes. And I appreciate the the, the reference you, you alluded to, and I'm honored you read this article. Uh, that you can you can look back in time and see that the largest nuclear disaster in history was one giant, almost the inertia was inevitable that the Soviet Union would not be the same. And I sense that the Beirut port blast, long term, we will look at our own security nightmare, which involves many actors but is largely under Iran's sphere. I think we will look long term at this was something that you can't retreat from. There's no going away. You can't hide it. and. I, I, I appreciate your optimism, and I, I really I find it almost, uh, it's what I should hear from you, that the Russians are losing in Ukraine, and that the Ukrainians are standing up. And all of this is true, and that no one has surrendered. But I just don't know what, what can emerge from this that is good for Ukraine. And I'll go a bit back in time again. 1991 after a very bloody, very costly Syrian invasion turned occupation, this country is forced to sign a security alliance with Syria. It's called the Treaty of Brotherhood and Cooperation. And Putin is using familiar language. We all know this stuff. One people, two states. It's, it's almost boring the way he describes it. You can say it for any region, it doesn't matter. But we ended up in a nightmare. This is not something that could be easily overthrown. I sense that this is the end game, that Ukraine will be forced to go back to the choices that it was forced to make. And I'm going back in time a bit now, but it's not that long ago. I, I hope I got this right. In 2014, the protests in Ukraine, the Maidan, the dignity protests, was largely against forging a bilateral framework with Russia that was largely unpopular at home and dismissing EU talks I mean forget NATO EU alone was too much and here we are in 2022 where the country is really being punished I, I can't see this going in a better direction even if long term if you take the long view perhaps Putin's order is going to eventually end 
but that could be well past our prime. That could be many years from now. So at least, at least in the near term, is there? I appreciate the optimism, but what do you see happening on the ground? No. Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, uh, if you're talking about scenarios, yeah. Uh, there is a idea. Uh, I remember Christo Grosio from uh, Bellingcat uh, mentioned that yes. there is a scenario of frozen conflict, like in Moldova, like in Georgia, uh, Transnistria. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know, uh, Ukraine is too big for frozen conflict mm. and too strong. Mm. I'm sure that uh, I can tell you, and it's my. Um, um, my vision of the situation, Putin is coming to the end. It's the era, Putin's era, is will be will be uh, over very soon. Very soon. Very soon. And uh, uh, why? First of all, uh, it's it's only it's only begin- the beginning. Yes, but yeah. it's very clear messages, very clear pictures. Yes, uh, when uh, the uh, for Germany, France, etc., they in, introduced introduce the personal sanctions against Putin. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. You, you, I never expected such uh, such scenario. Mm. Uh, but uh, when uh, nobody wants to talk to Russia, when Lavrov is speaking uh, uh, on the name of Russia in on the session of uh, UN. Uh, Se- uh, human rights uh, session in Geneva. People leave. People, yeah. it's unbelievable. <laughs> it means that it's very serious, very serious signs. Yeah. Old people, uh, e- even uh, I've heard the story in some European restaurant. Some Russians came in, and uh, uh, the owner of the restaurant said, uh, "You are Russians? Yes, we are Russian. Goodbye." Even. You know, it's it's unbelievable story for, for, for Russians. It's tragedy for Russians, but I see a very clear picture. Uh, uh, Russia uh, will be different. Will be, it's, there is a, there is a very small but very serious signs uh, of, of future of changes. Yes, and uh, uh, my prediction is that uh, it takes maybe maybe. Uh, Half a year, no, no more. Oh, the Russians, oh. uh, Putin's, Putin's era, yeah, and then it will be very serious turmoil, very serious turbulence oh, in Russia. I see. So you really, I mean, you're seeing it happening now, in a sense that it's yes, already yes, started. Yes, 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 absolutely. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I want to. Uh, that is a very. I mean, that makes me rethink my own assumptions. I thought that this is the beginning of a concocted, protracted, pseudo civil war on Russia's terms, where Ukraine fractures and becomes similar to Lebanon in in the 70s and 80s or worse the Syrian scenario takes hold where you have a pro-Russian president uh, surviving with proxies and yes Syria is paralyzed I it's, appreciate it's, that you see it the other way it's not a case interesting for Ukraine because uh, you know they tried to bring Back uh, Yanukovych. Yes. <laughs> in Ukraine, included Naftalin, old and very bad smell, etc. He's still in Russia. If he I'm not mistaken, he yeah. is uh, coming back and forth to Minsk, to, yes, to Rost- right. Rostov, to Moscow. Yeah. He tries to come back. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and it's a scenario for, Mo- for Moscow because they uh, are strange people. They think that uh, 
he is still uh, illegal president, and it's only one right. way yes. for him. Uh, but Since 2014. Yes. But uh, forget about proxy government, it will be very strong. Uh, there is a strong uh, consolidation. There is no any chance to divide Ukraine now. Any chance. Really? And uh, uh, this scenario is impossible for Ukraine. We're talking Even about, in yeah. Russian-speaking cities, for example, yes. Kherson, um, Kharkiv, uh, Melitopol, Mariupol, especially, you saw these uh, manifestations. All people came to the main Maidan yes, with yeah. blue and yellow flags and Russia go home. Barra, barra, barra. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Okay. Yeah. Six months yes. though. But uh, just, just yeah. to just, yeah. just to finish our prediction, mm. uh, 2014 is is coming back, but in a bit different scenario. I mean, uh, our relation with Europe mm -hmm. now on the table there is a Ukrainian application to EU, and yesterday it was uh, yes. very special forum. I can say. It's an informal meeting of European leaders. I know that it was very serious battle because some leading countries are not so uh, are not in favor till the end. I can say yes, but yeah. yesterday it was very clear message to Ukrainians that we would like to see Ukraine in EU. It means that there is very strong uh, team now. We are part of. Uh, larger team, yeah. it means that we are not alone, like Syria, for example, yes, we uh, feel this support and uh, this reconstruction will be much easier. We are talking about uh, Marshall's plan or mm. these land lease, etc. And it will be in Ukraine, it will be a new, uh, totally new country, very modern, uh, uh, with very smart people. And I can say, I see Ukraine as a, uh, one of the new uh, centers of European Union. And together with Poland and especially uh, this Eastern uh, European part of uh, EU, it will be a very strong political player. I really appreciate this very, very uh, optimistic view. I, I'm, I'm in no place to challenge. I mean, I, I, I'm only, from my understanding, and I, I'm sorry if I'm being, again, a little too negative here. Um, I think of our part of the world having gone through what Ukraine is going through for a much longer period of time, except that Ukraine is maybe more violent in terms of the recent weeks, but it's hard, it's very hard for me to see It's hard for me to see Putin on the brink mm -hmm. in, 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 coming, in this coming stretch. In the much longer view, I think that's inevitable. But in the short term, it's hard for me to rationalize this. And I, I honestly don't... You alluded to this earlier, and I think there may be parallel here. When the Russians rise up mm -hmm. against Putin, I think it's, it becomes easier to imagine a more tranquil, stable scenario for Ukraine. But short of that, I can't see this ending well in the near term. It, it's almost like when the Iranian people 
decide that they've had enough. Mm. Or for that matter, if the Syrians try once more and they succeed. I can imagine a situation where Lebanon gradually improves. But short of that, I don't see that happening. So am I, am I reading you right that you think Putin is near the end and therefore yes. Ukraine, the horizon is very bright yes, for that? Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, he's still, he's strong. Yeah. But uh, first crack, crack is yeah. very clear for me. Yes. Mm. And uh, uh, he's now, he spends a lot of time in bunker. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, this type of leaders, KGB leaders, uh, yes, it's it's very typical for Russian, and uh, we know about Stalin and his end, and uh, it will be maybe something like like it was. With, I don't know, but uh, you know uh, there is no anymore uh, this uh, support uh, for hero for great president etc. Uh, because uh, and even elections uh, it will be next year in Russia. Yes. Uh, yes. Twenty-four. Uh, three. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. It's yeah. in two years. Yes, but even if it, he will survive the elections, it will be not not so. It will be from my point impossible to be reelected. Mm. But mm. it's it's not the case. It will be uh, maybe. I can I can say two thousand twenty-two. It's very special. Two zero two two. It's it's very special <laughs> numbers. <laughs> I'm, I'm for this, from this point of view, I'm optimist. And, the, the and, uh, positive, and then it will cause very serious changes uh, in uh, security structure around the world. It yeah. will be new uh, situation with Crimea, mm. uh, Donbass, of course, uh, Moldova, Georgia, Syria, yeah. definitely. And it means uh, Putin now, uh, Putin, uh, uh, I can say, destroyed this security. Uh, configuration uh, format mm. of mm. Helsinki 1975 mm. uh, with territorial integrity of countries and uh, yes. the right for small people small nations like Lebanon yes. or mid uh, sites like Ukraine uh, to be a part of this civilized world yeah. Putin destroyed this system but now there is a chance to come back and it will be uh, uh, one more chance for for new, uh, I can say, new world. You know, it's interesting today, the Finnish president, uh, I believe it was on BBC, he's in the United States talking to Biden about this war. And the, it, it's a healthy reminder that it's not that long ago, a country like Finland, along the border with Russia, had to make its own decisions that seemed to be trying to play a more neutral, more disassociational policy where they didn't join NATO and they joined the EU and I believe they're still not in NATO but they've opened the door and this is something very new yes almost unexpected that Finland could theoretically now go down that road which to me it resonates that this means there's a weakened Putin next door um, I, I share the same optimism in the longer run that this part of the world and I think Eastern Europe there is a positive ending to the story, but I really appreciate that you're seeing it happening much faster. And I'm going to try to narrow this down to the last maybe month. Um, it's obvious that most people were caught off guard, that 
or at least most analysts did not anticipate this type of full-scale invasion. I think even in the last few hours, it was still not expected. These uh, declaration of independent states on Russia's terms, I think many people thought that was the end. And then hours later, we're watching what's happening. I'm going to be very diplomatic. I'm going to be very careful when I ask this. And you tell me if this is off, if I'm missing, misreading or if I'm using the wrong tone even. With your understanding of Putin's positioning, and you eloquently laid out the reasons why his end will happen, but in this recent stretch, was there any anticipation within Kiev, within the regime, among the diplomatic corps, that this could happen, that a full-scale invasion could happen. And I heard whispers of this was a forecasted scenario, but seemed to be the least likely one. Mm. But in your conversations, in your understanding, was there a risk in what the Ukrainian regime was doing and the cost, maybe, knowing that Putin could go down this road? And here I'll insert a parallel. The last time I believe Lebanon tried to do something on its own was in early May 2008. Infrastructure, airport, sovereign measures. There was a, uh, in a way, a curtailing of Hezbollah's activity in this country. Within hours, the streets of Beirut turned into a mini civil war. And the story ended there. Hezbollah's role has become paramount in the security affairs of this country. This translates into Iran. I don't know if those considerations were taken, but I do know that it's the right of any country to do that. Yet, the same country falls. So was that even in the calculations that Putin could go down this road for his own survivability? Uh, you know, uh, as I mentioned, at the beginning, we uh, did not expect any invasion, serious invasion. We tried to play this role of a uh, country uh, which is looking for the peaceful diplomatic solution situation. Mm. We even showed uh, to European Union, to all uh, uh, countries like United States, Canada, that we uh, we are not we are we do not. Uh, we are. We do not. We do not threaten uh, the Donbas. Yes, it's not true. So they shell in uh, 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 children's gardens, etc. Yeah. Yeah. They try to make some something like evacuation, etc. It was. Uh, uh, it was all of these things. They were, they were fake. It was yeah. fakes. Yes, fake, 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 and fake, and. Uh, uh, we, uh, uh, even uh, our president uh, recently uh, uh, mentioned that uh, we, we, uh, we were not ready. Right, yeah. Because it was, uh, from our point of view, it was impossible. Mm. But uh, the United States, they already uh, knew about it. It looks like uh, it was very clear picture for security services uh, now we see this, we uh, see this so-called preparations with signs on the roads for example mm -hmm. with uh, sleeping groups of, yeah. uh, of Russians in Kiev etc it was 
long time preparation. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised when uh, we uh, watched uh, Putin's uh, world, uh, Putin's uh, statement uh, about uh, Ukraine invasion, about so-called uh, special operation. The yes. one-hour speech yes. where yes. he, yeah, yeah. Only about Ukraine. Yes. It was not about NATO and North America. Yeah. It was about Ukraine yeah. because I. Uh, I don't like uh, this discussion in Arab world, for example, with Arab uh, uh, journalists and uh, experts uh, that this is war uh, between Russia and the United States, mm-hmm. you know, Russia yeah. and NATO, and Ukraine is just uh, a small coin in this game. It's not true. Mm-hmm. This is a long-lasting Ukrainian-Russian war. We had such uh, wars in 17th century, 18th century, 19th century, you 20th go, you century. You go back in time yes, for this, yes. for what's happening now. Yes, we, mm-hmm. fought, we fought for independence many, many years and we restored, for example, independence in 1818, but then lost in, in, in 1921 and then regained yeah. in 1891, etc. But yes, it's, it's not uh, uh, the war between Russia and uh, against the uh, United States. Right, yeah. It's Ukrainian-Russian. Mm. It's Russian aggression to Ukraine. Okay, uh, it means that you, you cannot imagine. Uh, he recorded this message. It was 21st uh, of February. Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, all uh, this uh, uh, war started 24th. Yes, February 24th. And he also... Uh, has a had a uh, negotiation with Macron yeah. and Scholz, and it was recorded. It was ready, and he mm-hmm. lied to European leaders. No, no, we will try to uh, to make uh, to find a peaceful solution, etc. It means it, it's it's not about uh, uh, European uh, situation, not about America, not about NATO. It was very clear intention to invade Ukraine. So looking but back But we now, did we did not expect it. Right. So Definitely. this is almost, uh, it's hindsight, but it's very recent hindsight that you can now almost point at, you see it happening. But in those hours before, did it surprise you as well that this happened? Were, were, you, were you equally surprised when you found out that there was a full-scale invasion? Absolutely. Yeah. It was... Uh, so, because it was unbelievable, yeah. a nightmare, you know. Yeah. Uh, and especially first thinking, first thoughts, uh, it's about uh, families, about kids, yes. about grandkids, etc. They are in Ukraine. I think I saw you on the street on, with protesters uh, two weeks ago. Uh, it was a, there, were, there were protests near the Russian embassy. And if I'm not mistaken, you were there. Yes. Yeah, I think I saw many of these sort of, I, I saw it and I could see you that you were very proactive within hours trying to explain to locals here, but also an international audience, what exactly is happening. And also I, I, there are statistics I wasn't aware of. Something like 10 to 11,000 uh, Lebanese students have studied in the Ukraine in recent yes. years. Yes. It's a significant number and that there's a very, there's an very dynamic Lebanese-Ukrainian population. So this to me is quite fascinating. That you almost uh, These are stories you don't hear. Yes. And then they're all coming home now. And for me, this is so bizarre. 
where Lebanon pleads refuge yes. to Ukraine. Yes. You know, uh, it's over 12,000 students. Over 12? Okay. Over 12. So, sorry, that's not the current for, number. For that's... this moment, current number is 1,000 uh, and 275 students. Right. Okay. This year. Yes. Number. Yeah. They are back, I, I hope, more, more, uh, maybe 90%. Okay, yeah. Uh, take a look. It's about solidarity and about support and about uh, this connection, family connection. When uh, in Beirut, it was very sad story, blast uh, and support, etc. Uh, crisis, economic crisis. All these families moved to Ukraine. Right. It was, uh, you know, like <laughs> like second home. Right. Uh, it's yeah. uh, yes, and then uh, uh, Lebanon was empty. I mean, uh, a lot of uh, people uh, yes. went uh, out uh, from uh, Western countries, but also a lot of uh, countries yes. went to Ukraine. And then now it's opposite situation. Yes, families moved from Ukraine to, to Lebanon, but it's about this. Support and solidarity. You know, it's uh, we are interconnected, and uh, it's really about uh, this uh, historic connection and, and modern connection. And yeah. we try. You know, uh, Ukraine is one of the suppliers of wheat, uh, food, uh, flour, uh, sugar, etc., uh, sunflower oil, etc., to to Lebanon. And now uh, all Ukrainian ports uh, are closed by Russians, yeah. Yeah. and there is a problem in, in Lebanon. Yes. We are interconnected, and it, it's it's very clear picture. And uh, Putin now uh, shells. Uh, bo uh, there is a bombing on Kharkiv, for example, or Kherson, uh, Mariupol. A lot of Lebanese students lived in these uh, areas. You know. It's also uh, it, it also why Lebanese government made this statement. Of course, it's it's not unusual. Yes, yeah. it's unusual, yeah. but yeah. it's it's also country is suffering. Yes, even from from this uh, aggression, uh, and all these connections were destroyed. Were yeah, no, and I, I mean I appreciate that even the the economic one I think will be felt in the coming weeks where wheat reserves deplete, and I think Ukraine and somewhat to a smaller degree Russia as well wheat comes from these two countries only yes and the yes. fact that it's stalled there will be a, a crisis pending here but uh, economic parallel security parallel at the same time I uh, I really feel and maybe this is from being here too long I still can't see this happening as quickly as rapidly as the way you're describing it, although I want to subscribe to what you're saying. Um, I think on the other end of the story, um, I've heard skeptics talking about Lebanon's foreign policy, that it should no longer be a positively neutral state, even if it isn't, but that it should finally let these things go and stand tall when principles are violated. I think you can do both. I think you can fully support and stand up for Ukraine and at the same time not want that conflict to become part of your own story. Okay. So I think the two are not mutually exclusive. I'll end it with... An I just oh. can add, uh, you know, yeah. it's also about uh, the uh, territorial integrity of our countries. Mm -hmm. Ukraine 
always supports Lebanon yes. in all voting in, yeah. in frame of United Nations. And it's, it's also some kind of reciprocity, even if you're talking about mm. diplomacy. Mm. But as I mentioned, yes, it was uh, uh, I can based. This uh, wording was based on on uh, Lebanese yes. Lebanese uh, uh, blood and uh, very serious suffering. Sorry, no, no. You. Yes. But I, I mean, it's it's one of those rare occasions where Lebanon says the right thing. Yes, and. It, and uh, you know, uh, it was so important for uh, for all mm. whole Arab world mm. because uh, then uh, second phase it was uh, the decision of all Arab countries to vote in favor of Ukraine uh, in frame of United Nations. It means that it's really revolution revolutionary step, but it, which was supported by all Arab world, all, yeah. Is uh, it League it, of Arab Countries. It, was it? I, I, I might be wrong here, but didn't the UAE, wasn't it more skeptical of that type of language, that they were blazonly not describing it as an invasion? Uh, we are talking about uh, voting. Oh, just the vo yes, voting, right, right, yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Le Lebanon was first one and very yes, yeah. clear, mm. in, but uh, uh, I'm talking about this voting, it was only text of resolution. Right, yes. right. Sorry. No, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry for... I, I wanted to try to find an analogy from what you've seen here. We have a million Syrian refugees still here. Yes. Uh, half a million Palestinian refugees, if not more, for three generations. Uh, there are Iraqi refugees here too. But let's focus in on the Syrian refugee. Over a million in horrible conditions to this day. Um, and chances of a political solution reaching Damascus seem bleak, at least so long as this order continues, or disorder continues. It's been over a decade. We see nearly two million, if not more than two million, Ukrainian refugees have fled yes. the Ukraine. Is the optimism that you share about Putin's near demise does that extend to a situation where these are not refugees that settle abroad, that they go home quickly, that Ukraine is not depleted of its brightest and its most ambitious? And do you see that Syria perhaps is an extreme case rather than the usual? Uh, you know, a lot of parallels. Uh, I remember Aleppo, Aleppo very well this shelling, bombing, using uh, chemical weapons, etc. Ukraine, the same situation, bombing, uh, civil, 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 yes, yeah. civil population, kids, uh, a lot of killed, uh, etc. Uh, and now the discussion about uh, chemical weapons is on the table mm -hmm. and Russia tries uh, to uh, to uh, spread the fakes about Ukrainian biological weapons, chemical. It means that we should be ready for Syrian scenario. I mean, mm. use yes. chemical weapons. Okay, one more point. Uh, today or yesterday? Sorry, yesterday, 
Yesterday, Putin announced that uh, he uh, is ready to receive the, such uh, support from Arab countries, but it was only one country, it was Syria, <laughs> around 20, yes. he mentioned 16, but there is even another number, uh, 20,000 Syrian soldiers yes, I saw to this. support Russia. Yeah. Uh, it's also a very serious sign. First of all, it means that Russia is out of soldiers, out of troops, mm. and they are looking for uh, so-called uh, Syrian support, but they are not uh, soldiers, who can, soldiers who can fight in, in Ukraine. It's impossible. Mm. It's it's a very, very serious threat for, for Syrians. Right. right. And, uh, you know, uh, but what does it mean? Uh, Syria, will, from Syria, 20,000, for example, we can say 20,000 Syrian troops went out from Syria. Uh, what about Syria? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yes, yeah. you understand me, yeah. yes, but... Uh, uh, That's the security machine yes. that sees itself falling. I yes, think that's that's yes. going back to your prediction. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yes. And uh, you know, uh, I see that uh, this uh, there is a chance for Syria. There is a chance for Syria, even uh, uh, if we are talking about these troops, it means some kind of changes. And we uh, carefully follow, of course, uh, Turkish position, etc., in the region, and it means that. Uh, uh, this Russian power in Syria now uh, is uh, weakening, weakening, and weakening day by the day. And also, it's it's risk uh, for uh, Syria and for uh, I can say for for the possibility for Syrians to decide uh, to vote for their own fate. But but you don't see the Ukrainian tragedy turning into a decade-long refugee problem. You, don't you see mentioned that. yes. Yeah. You mentioned refugees. You know, uh, of course, it's different situation, uh, and Ukrainians will be back. Mm. Uh, definitely, uh, it's uh, time. Uh, they are very, I can say, uh, uh, bright brains, etc. Mm. Very uh, active people, businessmen, etc. And, and uh, mostly now it's uh, women, children, they will be back, at least to re, uh, for family reunion, yes. we, we are talking about family reunion. But uh, in Syria it's different situation, but there is a chance uh, uh, to change the situation uh, with Syrian security. And then it's also a chance for Lebanon, because maybe this all Syrian refugees, this almost two million, Million and a half to million. It's, it's a it's yes. very. Yes. I mean, and and I mean, the long term is the problem, really. Yes. That without political solutions, this is a population that just suffers endlessly. I I I, I, I go back to your optimism. Yeah. Just just yes. I can I yeah. just to conclude uh, to conclude. There is a chance that uh, it will be a peaceful solution for Syria and some. Uh, refugees from Lebanon will go home to Syria. There is a chance. Right. There is a chance. Ambassador, I'll ask you one final point, and it, it, it echoes the way you looked back in time, that it's a historic story between Russia and Ukraine, 
And I appreciate that you're discounting the Russian-American problem when it comes to Putin and Zelensky and this current quagmire. Um, I share that view with you. Imagine a Russia that is not led by Putin. And imagine a Russia that no longer has that kind of leader the way you described him. Whether he's paranoid or operating from a bunker or maybe misreading the situation. Will there always be this type of problem, regardless of who is running the Kremlin? In, in other words, is this a security problem that extends beyond Putin's Soviet uh, desires? That this is a, an existential problem, at least in terms of what you're saying, which is a very quick end to Putin's regime. And then years from now, would this problem come back? Very serious question. You know, uh, I remember Yeltsin's, Yeltsin's era uh, very well, uh, and it was democratic Russia. Mm. Even uh, this freedom of media was unbelievable in yeah. Russia. And yeah. uh, uh, I remember that even Yeltsin, uh, uh, his joke about Ukraine, uh, he told that I, every morning I'm waking up, I'm thinking, what can I do for Ukraine? <laughs> Uh, but at least if two countries uh, talking about the dignity, about the re respect, about uh, this uh, respect of territorial integrity, uh, I'm talking about bilateral agreements, mm -hmm. etc. Everything was done for this peaceful uh, coexistence of two countries. Everything was okay, you know. Uh, business, cultural uh, uh, connection, etc. And only one man who decided there is no Ukraine, there is no Ukrainian culture, history, etc. It's a failed state. Okay, we should destroy the state. It's uh, my opinion that this war is not war of Russia against Ukraine. It's war, Putin's war against Ukraine. So you narrow it down more to him. Absolutely. Okay. Of course, I understand that this a regime is still KGB, I can say, the mm, mm. FSB regime is very strong, but what happened now, it's real disaster for, for Russia. And mm. it, I, I understand that uh, uh, it will be very serious consequences for Russians. Mm. And uh, uh, I feel that these people uh, should go on the streets and to talk to each other and to, to try to change the situation. It's my feeling and uh, we'll see what happens. Your perspective is... is I, I, I could do this for hours because I've learned a lot just by speaking for one hour with you. Um, my heart is with your president, your people, with Ukraine. Um, I Every morning I'm stunned, whether it's seeing social media and seeing how Ukrainians are resisting. Sometimes there's a comedic element that is well appreciated. And I think uh, Ukrainians are creative in how they resist. It's, it's something that the world is witnessing. And I, I have not had one conversation that has not included that sentiment, that this is a very brave, very dignified population. And uh, I'd like to subscribe to the way you're seeing things. You have far more uh, 
you're you you're you are in the story you're a diplomat you're able to see it much better than me i really hope that the way you're describing events i really hope this happens i think it would be better for everyone so thank you very much thank for you. this conversation i just like to 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 say that uh, uh, you mentioned about my five-year uh, term, five term, term in, in Lebanon. It was very quiet uh, on the beginning, uh, very uh, turbulent uh, in the mid-term. Mm. Uh, but now uh, it's a real war, real fight. But I can tell you, I'm really proud that I'm a Ukrainian ambassador during this uh, Ukrainian uh, defense, uh, Russian aggression, and I'm proud of my people. I never expected it will be so united, so strong, and uh, this uh, name of Ukraine now is changed. Now everybody is talking about nation of heroes, and I'm proud of Ukrainian soldiers and Ukrainian people. And uh, maybe one more joke. Ukrainians talking, uh, uh, dis discussing the issue of uh, NATO and, and entering NATO, etc. And one man told me, you know, uh, it looks like in a couple of years will be discussion when NATO will join Ukrainian army. <laughs> That's well said. That's a point. Couldn't end it better than that. Ambassador, thank you. Thank you. It's an thank honor. You.